Genetic testing is all the rage right now. And by genetic testing, I mean like those little cotton swabs you buy at CVS or Walgreens and you send in and then they send you back and it tells you what percent ethnicity you are of different things, right? Everyone is all, it's all the rage. And not only that, but because of social media, people can get connected with relatives they might not even know that they had. In fact, I saw not too long ago a story about two brothers who were separated uh, as young children before they even had memories from their mother and were put up for adoption. And they were studying at the same university. And through this, you know, cotton swab genetic testing, they found out that they were related and they found out that they were brothers and they were reunited with their mother. I mean, how cool is that? That's remarkable. And oftentimes we do this because it helps us understand in a more scientific way the thing that we always talk about at family gatherings, the family traits. This last weekend, or just yesterday actually, I was at uh, my cousin's wedding in St. Louis and, you know, with her, my, my, it's my aunt and my uncle, his family, not related to them, but like, oh, you must be so-and-so's uh, nephew because you look exactly like her, right? We have these family traits that go on, and we, this genetic testing and these family traits, they help us understand, in many ways, ourselves, right? If we can understand where we came from, if we can understand what has led to this moment, we can understand our present and perhaps our future. But oftentimes, when we look to our family traits, we look to our perhaps even genetic past, we stop after maybe three or four generations. But we all stand here today as members of the human family and therefore as descendants of Adam and Eve. Their story is our story. And they have passed on to us original sin and also this really kind of crazy thing that gets passed on to us, this thing, there's a really technical term called concupiscence. And concupiscence is this, it's basically a desire for the lower appetite, right? We're created in the image and likeness of God. We're created for union with God, and yet oftentimes in our lives we find ourselves attracted to the things that are not of God, because we think they'll make us happier, because they're more fun and enjoyable. Isn't this the sin of Adam and Eve? They have union with God in the garden. They have his presence always, and yet they're offered this fruit that will make them like God, Satan promises them. And they desire that thing for themselves, not the thing that they already have. This is what concupiscence does in our own life. This is a trait that we all have. And oftentimes in our own life, we see that it takes its most probably concrete form in self-reliance and self-determination. We just think that I can work hard enough, I can do this thing on my own, or I want this, frankly, and this will be my happiness. This will be what I get. And yet we find ourselves like Adam and Eve in the garden when we come before our God, embarrassed, exposed, naked. And this is where Satan does his most duplicitous work, his most conniving work, we recognize that something's wrong. Something needs to be fixed. I don't have it all. But what do we do? We turn to ourselves even more. We say, well, I'm really struggling with this particular person, so I'm going to work really, really hard at liking this person, at loving this person. And then we find out that probably at the end of the month, we dislike the person even more. Or we say to ourselves, here is sin, why? And I don't want to do that anymore. So I'm going to work really, really, really hard at not doing that. 
And yet, at the end of the month, or whenever we come back to it, we realize, I'm even worse off than I was before. We end up doing exactly what Jesus warns us against, dividing ourselves. We try to drive out our brokenness by our brokenness, by our weakness. And we become divided against ourselves. And we can, over a long period of time, or even a short period of time, start to grow angry with God. Or start to push God more and more out of our lives. And this is, in many instances, what is considered this blasphemy, this sin against the Holy Spirit. It's just simply pushing God out of my life and saying, if I'm going to make my way in this world, it's going to be by my own accord. And God becomes less and less. And the transcendent becomes less and less. But as he often does into our Christian lives, St. Paul swoops in today. And he helps us realize that we should not be discouraged. Grace upon grace is being poured out upon us. God loves us so much that he is not content. We are not just our physical bodies. That we are this body and soul. We're created for union with God in heaven. Our family is not just our flesh and blood family, but as Jesus says, our family is our brothers and sisters who do the will of God. This is for what we are created. This is who each of us truly is. I am not simply the sum of the parts of the Hyde, McCune, Higgins, and Monaghan families. It's very Irish. I apologize for that. I'm not just the sum of that. Nor am I just the sum of what I receive from Adam and Eve. Nor are any of you. You are an eternal dwelling. As St. Paul says, as our earthly body fades away, we have a dwelling built by God. And this is the dwelling for which we are all called to live, to lead our lives. This is the dwelling that allows each of us, no matter what our differences in family or economic or social background, to be brothers and sisters. You are God's children now. You are God's beloved son. You are God's beloved daughter. But what does that mean? How do we live that out? Well, Jesus says it very clearly. We do the will of God. And the first step in doing the will of God is falling back into his merciful and loving arms. Falling back and saying, Lord, I can't do this on my own. And then once we do that, it's going out to our brothers and sisters and saying, hey, how are you? No, 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 no. How are you doing? I want to be a part of your life. I want to walk with you. I want to love you. I want you to know God's love in and through our friendship, in and through our relationship. You are God's children now. We strive for the things that are unseen, but we strive together. We strive and walk as equals. Adam and Eve passed on to us this concupiscence, this original sin that can get in the way. Jesus promises us a heavenly home. Jesus gives to each and, other, each and every one of us each other as brothers and sisters. You are never alone. We walk together in God's loving arms as brothers and sisters.